0: On this episode of the Pack it Up Pod, we talk hype train, show some love for the defense, and break down the schedule a wee bit. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. And with that, let's go Pack. and
1: 10 Trubisky oh, to the end zone and it's going to be picked on. All- Adrian Amos comes back to haunt his old
0: team. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Packet It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents.
2: What up, what up? What's up, everybody? Do you know this would have been week three of the preseason? We would have had a lot more to talk about we would be talking about jordan loves inaccuracy and and weak throws from what i hear and what wide receiver is going to be actually playing and make the team um it would be all over darius shepherd again or something oh you know it yeah hey can i cover something real fast before we jump into the meat of it let's do it so the Packers took a day off to watch 13th, and I, I recommend everyone does, too. We support the players as human beings and not just Green Bay Packers. So we know our role here is to listen and not be ignorant. We hope you feel the same, and we just hope the unrest comes to a just ending. Uh, on that, we're all here for an escape and to talk football. I just feel like this piece is a part of it, and we need to do address it real fast. Uh, rest of the way, we'll be talking about the on-field action. Right on. And let's do it uh for the reasons that dan mentioned
0: practice was a little limited this week but that did not stop the hype train from continuing on so we're going to try this segment which i hope we never do again because uh we'll have more info on what's actually happening on on practice days but hype train or just lane we have five players that we want to discuss are we believing the hype that we're hearing or are they going to fall flat again so the first one mr lane taylor
2: uh, I, I'll start <laughs> no, with this. Nobody, this one. nobody <laughs> likes. This <one. laughs> no, I wanted you to go first. Well, fine. You know, per, you know. Per, personally, Lane Taylor is on the high cream. It sounds like he's our starting right guard. But what does that mean for our starting right side of the offensive line?
1: Yeah. And if it's a hype train, it's a very slow-moving, small train. Like uh, It's just our best option, right? It's not saying that this is this guy's going to break out and all of a sudden take over the right side. I think he's just our best option. So I guess you'd have to yeah. say hype train for that.
2: And he he's fine. I think you can hide a guard better than you can hide a tackle. My concern is, what does this mean our right tackle looks like? Because but Billy Turner out at right tackle and pass block scares the living daylights out of me. But I mean, good for Lane Taylor coming back and, and winning a job, t- taking a pay cut to prove it. I think that's a cool story, and I'm not too concerned about the right guard position, uh, but it concerns me about right right tackle. So he's on he's on the hype train, all aboard. But it causes some concern. Yeah, DJ Turner on
1: the outside just spinning right there. Hey.
2: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying his first name's DJ. I'm like, oh Josh, we gotta <laughs> cut that. Oh no. <laughs> cut the dad
0: joke. Cut the dad joke. I'm on the Lane Taylor hype train purely because I, I do think he's a solid player and healthy and the pay cut. Like it's it's one of those things that I know it is a risk where it is on the line, but I, I I'm fine with it. I think yeah. he'll be better than we think he will be. So technically I am buying into the hype. So next up, Kevin. King, is he hyping up to be the second number one corner on this
2: team? All aboard. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm on. I'm I'm jumping two feet face first, however you want to call it, onto this train. Uh, this guy's got everything to prove in a contract year. I think we see him ball out. He's not Jair. He's not going to be Jair. But he's got the height and length to play with those taller receivers that Jair doesn't. I think he gives us a a great secondary this year.
1: I'm not on board his hype train of being a second number one. I think he's a solid number two. So I'll say lame on this one. I I think he's a solid number two, and I think he'll continue to be that throughout his career. Uh, But I don't think he has the ability to become one of the number one, one of the best number ones in the league. I I don't even think I don't even think that.
2: Here's a question on that. He has a healthy year and -hmm. plays like he did on the back half of last year which mm-hmm. I think I got you to give him some credit. He was playing better, right? Mm. Do you not think some team signs him as a number one corner?
1: I, I yeah, Somebody would overpay him, sure. And that's the thing. That, it, that makes him a number one corner.
0: <laughs> our defense played the best games last year for our defense was the one where they just had this swagger. And when you look around that secondary, there's a whole lot of guys that have some confidence and it feels like it's building this year. I think I'm on his hype train just because I think that if he plays how he needs to play and frankly, I think there was just so much pressure on him and he still pulled off the most interceptions on the team last year. So the fact that everybody was hounding him like, oh, Kevin King, oh, Kevin King, if that blame or that focus gets shifted away and he can just play and he's healthy I'm on board with him being a stud this year, so I am on board that hype train.
1: Yeah, and you guys make a good point. If he starts playing good at the beginning of the year, maybe he's not picked on as much also. So, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: We're sticking with the defense the rest of this way. What about Mr. Kiki? We feeling Mr. Kiki?
2: Kiki, do you love me?
1: (laughs) I'm feeling Kiki. I love Kiki when we (laughs) drafted him. I'm on the hype train. Say it again. Say it again for the people in the back. Um, The only reason I'm really on this hype train, though, is because we need somebody. We need somebody other than Clark on this defensive line to become a playmaker, not just to just sit there and take up some bodies. Um, I I think he has a great first step. He's very quick. Uh, He got he got coming out of college. He was known for run stopping and all that. But he had seven and a half sacks his senior year. So I I think this guy could could come in as a solid role player, even on pass passing downs.
2: I like being forcefully pushed onto his train For the same reason Josh said Do you guys realize Montrevious Adams Is, is going into year four Yeah I don't well, even think he makes a team I know, speaking of a cut him, <laughs> K- Kiki, I mean I, I just want to see something new in that spot Over line, Lancaster I'm like, uh, I guess I'm just being Shoved <gasps> out of the train I, I'll take him on the train, but Not happy about it
0: There's, nope there's no way this is happening. This is yeah. gonna be one of those where you watch and by week three you're just like, just put Lancaster in there. I I don't even care. Ooh, like that just, Ooh. I don't I just don't think he's gonna do do anything. I mean you look at his, his fourteen games as a rookie, uh, I think he barely got into double digit tackles. Like I just I just don't think
2: he's there and I I who's haven't our, believed the, the jump that, that's necessary. Who's our starting uh D lineman in that spot? After the buy, which is week five, week six, who's our starting D lineman in that spot? Uh, Tears tears and sadness, I believe, is the player's name. (laughs) I don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody. They just play with two down linemen moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) Run on us all day. We give up. (laughs) We just have Kenny
1: Clark and the Smiths on the line and then everybody else back. I think uh, we're going to see a lot of
0: that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. A similar player, uh, Raven Green.
1: You know... I, I was gonna say hype train on him, but I after uh, talking before the podcast with you guys and looking at some stats before, um, I'm going lame. Uh, I I I think he has the size. I think he has the athletic ability to be on the hype train, but I just he doesn't. He's not proven. There's nothing to say that this guy can actually do it consistently. Um, so I, I'm just gonna say lame on it.
2: It yeah. It irks me to say it because. We got so excited last year because of training camp reviews. Everyone was saying uh, this guy is going to make some splashes like your nickel middle linebacker. He's only 197, but he plays like he's 210, 215. He, he can be that middle guy for us. But like Josh, I went and looked up some stats to prepare for today. He was eight games as a rookie before IR. He missed most of last year on IR. Even in college, he was only 39 out of 58 games. I'm not sure we can really count on this guy. And then you check his stats. I had to double-check this. I had to blink twice and make sure it's actually what Packers.com was showing, 12 total tackles in two years. And we're acting like he's a you know a, a wild card for us back there at a rover position. He's got a lot to prove before I jump on any train there. I, I'd say lame for now
0: yeah I would too. Um, there's been moments where he's played really well um, but when your moments are one to two plays sporadically a game it's probably not not enough to keep you in that that position of of being a breakout player. It's crazy though because there's there's stuff coming out about him kind of having the chance to be the big breakout player in 2020 but uh, I just man there's a lot of things that have to go right for him but our last one. Our draft pick from this last draft, Mr. Martin.
2: Yo, I watched this guy's highlight film. He had some fun stuff to watch. Now, most of his highlights were Iowa and some some no-name teams, specifically Nebraska. But uh, you saw some things – that he was doing at the college level, albeit that we couldn't get out of Blake Martinez. He had this really unique ability to rip past interior offensive linemen and make the tackle in the running game. And then in the pass game, his highlights show multiple times dropping into his own, coming off to of his man to deflect a pass that was, that was initially going over his head, but with his length, he was able to go get it. And then he had a pick on another one off his of own read. So, and then, you know, on top of that, they had him running stunts and pass rush. He had interceptions forced fumbles and sacks so good sized kid i think we have to be on the hype train but with expectations he's still a rookie middle linebacker from all sounds uh from coming out of training camp he's our starting second middle linebacker and how cool for this kid he grew up 20 minutes south of minneapolis he went to university of minnesota and then week one without any preseason games he's back in minnesota uh playing against his hometown team
1: yeah, I love it. This is hype train written all over it. I love young inside linebackers because they come hungry and they want to play and hit people. They want to show that they are strong enough, they're tough enough. And I love seeing that type of speed on the field. This guy's athletic, he's pretty decent size, but we're not going to expect a lot out of him. You know, we got Kirk, Kirksey as our starter, so. This guy just has to sit back, make sure to be around the ball when he's on the field, and we'll be all right. So I, I'm all about Kamal Martin.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i sold on it. And you figure if he didn't get injured for that senior season, there's no way he falls to us in the fifth round. And even in that senior season, you look at it, he was four games short of his junior year. But yet he increases solo tackles, tackles for loss, uh, sacks, interceptions, forced fumble. He was ahead of previous seasons at less games so if he is healthy and he can kind of learn by who's around him i love this guy even if for the first year or so he's just a cleanup guy like just make sure anything that comes in your area you take care of and make solid tackles that's what we need um you know blake martinez Thank you for your service, but I think we can find Blake or aspects of Blake within Martin that will kind of fill this roster spot out for a whole lot less pay, um, and, and can, we can kind of grow the defense um, through the center, which we haven't in a while. So I am completely hype training,
2: Mr. How exciting does that make the back half of our draft? We're not so sure about the front half, but the back half being, you know, running and enhancing as guys making plays for the next two to three years on the offensive line. Kamal possibly being a day one starter. Garvin and Scott are a bit of wild cards at edge rusher and safety, but it looks like we had a great back half of the draft.
0: Yeah, I think over time, and obviously only time can tell, I'm starting to be more and more okay with this draft. Slowly but surely, uh, it's just that guy that we took in the first and what we lost in the second is what is stinging this uh, for a while. But let's say more on the defense. Last episode, we definitely talked a little bit more offense. Is there any additional rumors, anything you're looking forward to? And at the end of this year, who is this defensive
1: MVP? Ooh, you know, let me go first because I, I actually harped on this guy when we signed him at the beginning of the year, Christian Kirksey. I think this guy is. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm owning up to it, boys. You think he's I wasn't in on him, when you signed him. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. Um, I, I think he's going to be around the ball a lot. Um, and I think not only will he be around the ball, but he's going to be a playmaker. Uh, I think he has a dynamic dynamic aspect to him that we were missing on the inside you know Blake Martinez like you said solid player you know he, he always was available um, but I think Christian Kirksey brings that added factor a little bit more umph in his step a little faster um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do and I think he will at the end of the season be our defensive MVP
2: that's wild that you say that because I had his name down too. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was trying to stay away from like the Zadarius Smith and the Jair that we just – they're a known quantity at this point. I'm like, well, give me a new guy that if he plays well, it's going to be the talk of the town, right? And Christy Kirksey is that guy. Christy Kirksey. Christian Kirksey is that guy. If he has a great year, that frees up Darnell Savage to be making plays. That frees up our pass rush to just go to town and you know he's got the middle of the field covered – uh, if he has a good year, it's, he's going to be the talk of town, and, and maybe that gives him defensive MVP, assuming Zadarius doesn't get you know, 18 sacks and you know that level of statistical production. So I think that would be a very good thing if if he's our dude.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of easy ones. Zadarius has the best uh, odds of, of pulling off uh, a similar season last year. Um, I love Jair. I think... He, the amount of interceptions he should have had last year, I think he makes an outstanding jump if he gets half of those. Um, but I'm going to say Kenny Clark because this defense looks so much different when he was playing how he was in the second half. Uh, that if we can get this stud that we truly feel, hey, we paid him because we think he is one of the best in the NFL, I want to continually hear the name Kenny Clark all season long. So I'm, I'm going and jumping on – on clark as the mvp for this year but
1: that That'd was my cool. that he was does. my second one for sure because he's like had a if, tough if position he to...
2: down, who, if he goes down who's behind him well most valuable in the truest definition but most valuable normally goes to the statistical producer and he's at a yeah. position where you're probably not getting that yeah so you're well, I mean, pick, he's, not get, no, he's not
0: gonna get <laughs> he's not gonna get it no it was more so that the line of thought of if oh, the yeah. Packers' defense works, it has to work because Kenny Clark was taking care of business, leading to the Smiths on the outside coming in, leading to Kirksey or Gary or anybody coming through, leading to enough pressure that the secondary takes care of it. I, I For the Packers specifically, I, I don't think uh, we can hit our stride unless Kenny Clark is playing how he needs to.
2: That That's actually – I could go on a diatribe about this, but I wish MVP actually got assigned to the guy that if you removed him from his team, they fall the most. 100 percent. That's supposed to be what most valuable means Uh, across all sports. It just goes to the best player on the best team. But, man, it should really go to the guy where if you took him off the roster, that team drops and wins dramatically. And Kenny Clark is probably that dude.
0: Well, we'll go the same thing for Aaron Jones. He should have gotten a lot more hype because if you take Aaron Jones out of that offense, we definitely don't run out the clock in some of those games. Uh, Dallas specifically, we 100% lose. It's it's tough. Uh, it, it's I'm fine having a team of of guys playing out of their mind in the shadows. I'll take that all day long, and I think that this team feeds off of that. As you saw last year, Zadarius and Adams and all these people not getting, uh, you know, recognition for their work great will allow them to have that chip on their shoulder and i think that this defense for the most part all has chips like there's not a single person on this defense where i don't get the the idea that they're coming into this year going i need to mess people up like i truly feel as though if we are going to see a jump out of this defense and for mike Pettin, he better see a jump out of this defense uh
2: this is the year for sure. Mm-hmm. We got some tough games this year, too, which <laughs> segments well and do our, our next topic. We we're going to talk about is the game on the Packers schedule that we're most looking forward to.
0: I'll start. And I think it's I think it's kind of a lame answer, but so be it. Week one versus Minnesota like this is intense. We don't know anything really in depth about this team whatsoever. And we show up for quote unquote road game against who's really been our rival lately in terms of who's going to get that playoff position, man, I, I am going to be jacked out of my mind for week one. It's against Minnesota. I cannot wait for football to be back. And I hope we are ready for that game.
1: I'll go next. Uh, it's, it's, it's not. It may not be the best game the Packers have of the year, but I need, I need this to go in the Packers' favor. The Packers versus the Titans at the end of the year. Last time we played them, me and Dan were at the <laughs> yeah, Nashville, and it was not pretty um, and I need bragging rights to come back to Green Bay so oh, I need there. them to just just run over the Titans this year so we don't even have to talk about it.
2: their fans are the worst <laughs> and I'm not talking about you Josh the game we were at was Delaney Walker you know catching ball all what well, we lost like 45 to seven but their fans oh were the worst. So the game that needs, well, I'll say it this way. The game this year I'm most looking forward to is a game that, to me, will decide how the rest of the season goes. And we get to see Breeze and Brady. So those are two games that you know maybe we're seeing these Hall of Famers for the last time against the Packers. So those are going to be fun to watch, uh, nostalgic to watch. But I'm talking about the rematch. Uh, it was brought up before we even hit record. We actually have the Vikings the Sunday prior, and then on a Thursday night in Week 9, we go back, back to Cali, where we suck, and we can't <sighs> stop the run. <laughs> and we got to play the 49ers. It's a rematch of the NFC Championship game. Does Shanahan have LaFleur's number? If you look at the schedule, if if you're being non-homer about our win-loss record coming into this, you're probably coming into this game at 4-3 and three or 3-4. Three and four. We've got the bye week prior to it going into Week 9. This game probably tells me everything I need to know about making the playoffs because we'd have yet to face the Colts and the Titans running games along with Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers. So if we put up that same performance we saw in January, I think it was, with the NFC Championship game, and we lose to the Niners at a record floating around 500, we might not make the playoffs. That's a great
0: point, because especially if you take out the week five, so really you're looking at eight weeks, five of those first eight weeks are on the road. Granted, it helps a little bit in the scenario of we might not have to deal with fans and it is what it is. This Packers schedule, and I know it's all on paper and it's so hard to judge, is brutal. Like, I, I don't remember a, a, a yeah. schedule where I looked at it and even the layout like you mentioned 4 days later going to San Francisco like this is a brutal schedule that i uh man i don't on, know i on I paper feel... it's
2: on paper it sucks and i totally agree and we said this before we just got to get through the year because some of these teams are going to lose a quarterback. Some of these teams are just going to underperform, and they're going to look great on paper, and we're going to come into the game, and they're going to be 2-10 and 10 or something ridiculous, right? And let's just hope it's not the Packers. We've been pretty consistently you know, on the good end of that stick. Um, but, yeah, on paper, this schedule looks treacherous. So I think that 49ers game will tell me everything I need to know. And I'm not even saying we have to win that game. It's a quick turnaround travel to a tough spot to play against a good team. But we better compete, otherwise the rest of the schedule looks daunting.
0: So let's talk about this. Vegas, who we love, has the Packers over-unders in terms of win totals at nine. There are four other teams that they also have at nine wins. The Bills, the Seahawks, the Colts, and the one and only Vikings. Who of that group of five is most guaranteed in your eyes to get above nine wins who is most guaranteed to go under?
2: Mm, most guaranteed to go above. Honestly, I I might take the Bills. And I, I think was going to say the Bills as well. Yeah, I, I think legitimately. So you, oh, really? I'm yeah. <laughs> we, just, we did it, you guys. We did it. <laughs> okay, that's the segment. <laughs> I really think if they can take one game from the Patriots, uh, they get 10 wins. They've got four gimmies because they get the Dolphins and the Jets twice each. Um, but their out of division games are not easy. Titans, Rams, Chiefs, Seahawks, Cardinals. Uh, so they're going to have a challenging schedule. But if they can get five wins in division, they're over halfway there. So I'll take the Bills.
1: Yeah. And when you look at the other teams, Vikings, Seahawks, and Colts, uh, you know, Vikings, a lot tougher schedule, more more you know competition within the conference Seahawks I mean you got the 49ers Arizona I mean and then the Colts you know they're they're not the top of the you know that conference with the AFC South so it's it's interesting because the bills just don't have that much competition in the east so you're I'd grant them five wins easy right so uh, to get to nine not much else work
0: I do think the Colts are easy or. Uh... Do have a, a chance to get it because there's a there's a span to start their year with Jacksonville, Jets, Bears,
2: Browns, Bengals.
0: So if they can go into week seven, can we get on a run? That's not bad. That's not bad.
2: You know what I did notice on the Colts though, and let's give uh, the Packers schedule uh, the the due uh, discussion here is these Colts Titans games for the diehard football fans that enjoy you know like 1980s style football. I think we're seriously going to enjoy Colts Titans games. It's going to be, uh, they're going to come out with a ton of nicks and bruises. The guys are going to be sore. It's going to be pounded out football, running heavy defense. It's going to be like, you know, 13 to 10 final scores. And the Colts play the Titans the week before the Packers get the Colts. So hopefully we get them a little slowed down, a little banged up. Uh, maybe Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack aren't hitting the hole quite as quick against us. Uh, but on the Vikings front, don't you feel like losing Stephon Diggs is not getting talked about enough? I feel like that's going to hurt them and more Griffin,
0: than and like they've and they've Griffin. lost him. in yeah. the secondary. is
2: quite what it needs to be. Secondary is awful. Yeah, I feel like no one's talking about you know the losses they've had. They're like, well, that's, they got a good they got a good rookie. It's like, oh, all right.
1: that's the team well. I was going to pick to have the least amount of wins out of this crew. I I, I think the team has gotten. Way worse in the offseason And I mean they have young talent They have a lot of young talent that could surprise us But if we're making bets right now on Vegas And where they're going to finish I'd say way under nine I'd say seven wins, eight wins maybe
2: they got to face Breeze, Brady, Dak, Russell, Deshaun They've got a a daunting schedule as well Being in the same division as us I I just feel like they lost some big pieces It'll be interesting Not to tease it too much But I think Ryan's got uh, some great guests for us For our Vikings preview and it would be interesting poking them and seeing if they'll admit to that.
0: Yeah. And I think to sum it up, the North winner, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those 10 and six seasons and maybe even mm-hmm. those really, really bad nine and seven, where somehow there's still a four seed hosting playoffs. Like it just gets all weird. Like I, I just, I don't trust this entire division, which is good because I don't think Packers are necessarily where they need to be, but if you, you can see- somehow find ten wins, you're a playoff team purely because you're probably winning the North. Yep. Can we all
2: can we all laugh at this together? Did you guys see the headline news this week of some people are starting to predict the Lions to win the NFC North? Oh. All together now. huh? <laughs> <laughs> Come on.
0: I am I am excited to see Barry Sanders play again though, so it should be nice to see him back on the field. Um, him on that Astro has never <laughs> looked better. <laughs> So looking at the schedule ahead um, for this podcast, we usually do a nice guessing game of who's going to make this final roster. But frankly, we have no idea. So the next episode will be uh, later in the week when we discuss who officially is on it, breaking down position by position. And hopefully there's some surprises. Hopefully there's not anything too crazy going on. And then we're going to do, as Dan mentioned, a preview pod about the Vikings, because that game, Jens is two weeks away yeah so that will do it for this episode thanks everybody